Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh. Uh-huh. 
only things Danny wanted a mother. I killed the man who murdered him. The trick to cultivating darkness is to find The spiral began as a simple process, a series of delicate, contemplative movements to secure my survival. Basic subsistence is fairly elementary in theory, if backbreaking when practiced correctly. The secret is merely this, one needs remain unseen, and all-seeing. These two principles, taken together and in their proper shares, form the crux of the most successful survival tactics. As a child alone on the streets, I learned early on the advantages and handicaps of being unnoticed. Once I'd managed to collapse the negative distinctions into a singular form of primitive invisibility, leveraging my own capacity to remain unseen against a person's or object's ability to go missing, I'd stuck the proper balance to adequately stock the things I needed. But this was only part of the spiral, its crudest incarnation. The next essential ingredient was awareness. The more knowledge one could achieve while walking unseen, the better, as more information only served to refine and guide the process of acquisition. Better yet was analysis. The refinement of awareness, as much as invisibility, was the refinement of being merely ignored. Soon, and with many a trial and error, I placed trembling steps upon the spiral, where the will and way forward merged seamlessly. After some time upon the wheeling way, my needs became wants, and stalking and stealing became hunting and killing, my path through life and death curving and red. The spiral became a real thing to me, a route that was at once beyond and yet deeper within the world and I walked it often. Taken to even higher heights than I had achieved, the spiral might even arrive at the gates of godhood. But while I had yet to undergo any apotheosis, I had taken significant steps in that very direction. After my awakening only several days ago, the spiral was not only real to me, but it had become real to the world itself. A philosophy built into the bones of the new world it articulated a place beside and around and through it, where each step forward broke knowledge from the body of mystery, shrinking the distance between wondering 
and knowing. And, given the moment I found myself trapped by a pack of hungry houses, the development couldn't have been more fortunate. The houses didn't move so much as close upon me via my blind spots, eliciting a nearly imperceptible creaking or rumbling as they did so. It was hard to fathom what a predacious house could want, as hunting is a symptom of need, at the very least. Though the piles of smoldering bones removed from their insides supplied a small hint. I couldn't repress a smirk when I thought of garbage day, the time each week when houses get to defecate upon the curb. In this case, a smoldering, bone-infested defecation. I could feel the wind from a door suddenly opening at my back the mouth of whatever house had positioned itself behind me. I stepped into the spiral, and the door squealed upon its hinges as it slammed back into its frame, empty-mouthed. Time became molasses as I maneuvered around the closest houses, the massive Victorian and the cottage that tried to swallow me whole. The small bomb I'd fashioned, cobbled from various items I'd nabbed while traversing the city, smashed through the cottage's kitchen window. Satisfied that I'd moved far enough from the hungry pack, I paused to study the results of my actions. While looking straight at it, the house didn't seem to have a choice but to remain still and burn, which pleased me. Not that it was burning, but rather that it had to remain still and burn. As I watched the roaring flames, I wondered if seeing it dash about in a panic, joints screeching and windows bursting, would have been more amusing. Both the reality and the hypothetical had me belly laughing at the foolish thing. <laughs> Lost in the hilarity of the moment, I almost neglected the tall shadow that fell across me from behind. It was a massive church black smoke churning from its many spindly steeples. The stained glass windows almost seemed pinched in anger as the bell from its clock tower descended upon me, its clapper clanging against its sides as it sailed through the air. With a bare minimum of movement, I sidestepped the attack, and the strange artillery shell crashed down next to me in a cloud of dust and cobblestones. I hoped the carnivorous structures could still hear my laughter over all the noise. <laughs> like all creatures, however, I make mistakes, and my lingering for too long came with a price. Somehow, as I turned to step back into the spiral, I found only the dirty comforts of a small, windowless living room. Grubby couches and love seats slumped at broken angles, stained portraits hung crooked from the peeling walls, and dusty shelves crowded with cracked baubles listed above a dead fern with drooping brown leaves. The ceiling was a sickly yellow, a bulb suspended from a length of bare wire all that interrupted its expanse. Before I could address the moment properly, a brief rumbling traveled the length of the floorboards and walls. After the room went still, windows appeared, opening to the quiet scene of a countryside, with tall grasses rippling in a soft wind. 
There's no escaping, you know. A lean, tired figure shambled from the darkness of a distant room. You'll either do its bidding, or you'll burn with the rest of them. Is that right? And who says so? Not me, that's for sure. It does. The house, huh? So, do you do all of its talking, or does it have a voice of its own? The man just nodded towards a heating vent set into the dirty wooden floor. A mechanical growl rose from the basement as my gaze settled upon the fixture, the furnace slowly churning to life. You will feed me, one way or the other. The metal vent glowed red-hot as the burning words blazed upward. The walls surrounding it shimmered for all the heat. You belong to me now, my resident. And since you are such a hardy creature, and I enjoy as little company as is necessary, you alone will suffice. No! I've served you for years! Please, there's still more I can do! I'm, I'm sure of it! Indeed there is. You may feed me one last time. Debris and furniture tumbled all around me as the floor inclined towards the heating vent, which had expanded to the size of a hearth, large enough, at least, to admit a full-sized man. No! Please! I don't want to burn! Sliding down the ever-increasing incline, the man scrambled to find a grip. Yet his hands merely scratched lines into the floorboards, describing his descent into fire. I was able to keep my footing, but only because the house allowed it, granting me a small patch of level ground from which I could observe my predecessors. <laughs> Firing. As the man slid feet first into the yawning, glowing vent, the floor began to warp, bulging and snapping where it rose and fell like an ocean wave. Realizing the movements replicated the muscles of a throat when swallowing, I was forced to continue chuckling at the improbable sight. Fire left along the man's body as he reached out to me with clawed hands and desperate eyes. With a final large convulsion, the vent yanked the man fully into its depths. No! It wasn't merely the spectacle of a house eating its occupant that amused me but that the house had effectively lost its only servant on my account, and I was more than capable of escape. But I wanted to observe the inner workings of the murderous house, and I was not disappointed by the show. Having devoured its burning meal, the house returned to its previous and melancholic configuration. Your first duty, my new servant, will be to scrape my bowels of its accumulated bones. <laughs> you want me to scrape the shit from your bowels, huh? <laughs> ah, I don't know what's happened to the world since waking, but at the very least, it's far more interesting than ever before. I'm pleased that you're taking your new station in such stride. My servant, but you will find that I value silence and stillness above all else, save eating, naturally. I'm afraid you've miscalculated your hand, man-eating house. I've no intention of serving you. In fact, I should be furious with you, bringing me to this meadow, or wherever the hell we are. 
as I will now have to spend precious time getting my bearings before I can renew my business. But since you gave such a show, I suppose I can forgive you. I see. So you are a madman. Not so uncommon these days, I'm afraid. But even the mad can be brought to heal, provided their broken minds can be shattered. The window bursts as if from an explosion, spraying me with broken glass, my stinging flesh opening in a hundred places. Instinctively backing away from the windows, my back thumped against the wall, where nails thrust outward, sinking their length into my skin. My balance suffered for the attack, and I began to fall. I should have fallen only a few feet, but the house saw to it that I tumbled several floors down and onto the cracked cement of its basement floor. Looking up from where I spit blood and teeth, I stared straight into the open mouth of the house's furnace, its heat raising blisters upon my arm as I shielded my face. Riveted, rusted iron plates and fat, winding copper piping summarized the machine that granted the house its ravenous existence. And for a split second, while I foolishly opened my gaze to the unrelenting heat, I thought I could see a set of blinking, burning eyes. They stared across the enclosed inferno, seething only centimeters above a mouth curved into a blazing grin. I imagined a fiery crescent moon floating within the skies over hell, hoisted ever upward upon thermals made from the burning, convulsing damned. The fires intensified, and my clothing burned away. My weapons and gear fell smoldering to the floor, scattering across the room from the roaring, gusting heat. Blisters spread from my arms to the rest of my body. I began to wonder if I had overplayed my hand. God demanded obedience from his servants almost as quickly as he commanded their awe. And so you are similarly instructed. But a lesson isn't worth its giving, should it not be completed in its natural course. Your suffering must continue, your punishment properly instructive. Before I could lift myself into the spiral, the cement beneath me vanished, and I tumbled into darkness. With a wet thud, I found myself embedded in mud, plant roots reaching out from the sides of the encroaching earthen walls. From the looks of things, I was inside a small root cellar. Despite myself, the comforts of muck and filth felt wonderful against my ruined skin, and I was rudely reminded of my humble, miserable beginnings. After the trapdoor above my head slammed shut, and the sounds of chains being secured, the house spoke once more. A servant is like a fine meal. They need to be prepared carefully. Seasoned and pounded and sliced without the appropriate skill. And you'll find their meat, their will, too tough or too yielding. Only experienced hands can deliver succulent flavor of a willing slave. But the process is long and arduous, as you shall soon realize. It was the first time I'd ever been imprisoned. Granted, I had spent some time in a high-security penitentiary, 
but that was due entirely to Wicked. He'd practically forced my hand in the matter, but that was his thing, to do what was least expected of him. He felt it was his way of spitting in the eye of the world, which, naturally, was a sentiment I could appreciate. I didn't agree with the decision, but there was no dissuading him once he'd set his course. So, I was forced to follow him after he'd decided to turn himself over to the police. Dylan was wanted for his most recent and highest profile killing, a one Mr. Benson Sturgis, an incredibly wealthy, self-styled life coach. Dylan killed the man during a highly publicized seminar concerning the virtues of pulling oneself up by the bootstraps. It was the sort of event where snake oil salesmen grandstanded and pontificated and took fools for all they were worth. Though, for poor Mr. Sturgis, he'd pilfered his last penny. Having killed and stolen the credentials of a man who'd been planted in the crowd to pitch prepared questions at the speaker, Dylan hid in plain sight, at the very lip of the stage where Mr. Sturgis spoke. I don't remember exactly the questions that Dylan asked the man, but from what the news later reported, they definitely weren't from the script Dylan had acquired. At the end of one of his impromptu questions, Wicked sprung from his seat, knives out. Mere moments later, Dylan was twirling the man's severed head atop one of his long, curving blades. Dylan's face was emblazoned upon every television screen in America by breakfast the following morning. We'd always been on the run, but with the kind of infamy Dylan had earned, we ran as never we had, and we loved every second of it. <laughs> we knifed and gunned and detonated our way across one state after another, until one night as we sat around a small fire eating beans from a can, surrounded by the cooling bodies of the dozen or so bikers who had tried to rob us. Dylan says he intends to give himself up at first light. He said, If the world would have me run, then I will walk. If the world expects me to fight... Then I will surrender. And that's just what the lunatic did. Needless to say, his surrender left me in a fairly difficult position. Dylan was the only person I'd ever gotten on with. My previous life was merely the narrowing of the spiral, perfecting my place upon its corkscrewing course. But, having found something of a kindred spirit, returning to that solitary work seemed unfulfilling. My next several victims were less than ideal, but they served my purpose. Bartering trips, so that I might arrange to stay in the same prison as Wicked and be allowed to periodically interact with him. After striking a deal with the necessary agencies and subsequently revealing where I'd buried the bodies of my most recent victims, we were reunited. Naturally, I presumed that our stay would be a short one, given his impulsiveness, but we lingered longer than I'd suspected. I was far from thrilled over my new accommodations. While they allowed us to speak to one another in the same room, they insisted we be encased in what looked like metal coffins, as if the spiral could be denied by a few layers of metal and a smattering of locks. And then came Genevieve Castellano, and my world changed for the second time. Despite Dylan's objections, I had every intention of killing her. It wasn't that I couldn't see that she was special. That much was as plain as the liquor on her breath. And it wasn't that she was useless. After all, it was her allure that finally convinced Wicked to break out of prison. It was because she was special that I desired to bury her in several shallow graves. 
Clearly, she'd been chosen by the world, lifted from her intrinsic mediocrity to serve some grander purpose, and reap the rewards of the lofty appointment. But I soon learned that while she had, in fact, been chosen, it was not by the world. Whatever Genevieve was, she was not someone or something's darling. Quite the opposite, in fact. While the lot of us traveled together, I became aware of my changing status, that I too had been chosen. Perhaps to a lesser extent, yet by the same red power that lived within Genevieve. It was a difficult realization for me to accept, as doing so, I believe, would make me into something of a servant. But the more time we spent together, the more I realized that my appointment wasn't one of service, but of convergence. I wasn't serving a higher power, I was to join the others in becoming a higher power. A force that might even prove the world's undoing. Given this arrangement of facts, my place alongside the others was assured. That is, it was, until the world awoke to a global nightmare and I got myself trapped in a root cellar. <laughs> Despite myself, it was amusing to think on the irony of the whole thing. That the man who would thwart the world was once captured by a talking house. And while the fact was perhaps humiliating, it would be even more so for the world when I did indeed achieve its downfall. And to remind us both that I was a force to be reckoned with. Red Mother is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Stephen Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.